listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello, welcome to the next episode of Glee on the Rocks. I am Emily. And I'm B. And if you would like to support this podcast, you can find us all over the internet um, at Glee on the Rocks on um, the Twitter and Instagram and every once in a while on TikTok, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, where the kids go. Um, and you can also support the podcast and find a ton of extra content on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Um, and you don't have to do any of that at all. You can just listen to this episode with us and enjoy the sounds of our voices. And that is also really cool. Yeah. So today we are talking about, uh, well, obviously Glee for one thing, because that was up for question, just if there was any confusion as to why you're here. Um, but secondly, we are talking about season four, episode 12, Naked. Um, mm. and the very, very quick rundown <laughs> is the Glee Club puts together a calendar photo shoot for a fundraiser. Meanwhile, uh, a part in a student film poses a moral dilemma for Rachel. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that I had forgotten about the Men McKinley calendar, but I had forgotten uh, how much I disliked the conversation around it. Um, the McKinley calendar is burned into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Could not unremember. No, mm-hmm. I, I think on watching the episode, I think maybe it was handled better than I remembered it being handled, which is still mm-hmm. not great, but better for Glee. Sure. Like I seemed, I think I feel like I remember it being like more fucked up kind of, but maybe I'm confusing it kind of with like some of the behind the scenes stuff that came out about it. Oh, sure. Because like I see in the trivia, they said basically Darren Chris like hates the pictures in the calendar of him. Mm-hmm. The, they mm-hmm. like digitally made him look more buff than he is and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucked. Yeah. They gave him more, um, more abs. Yeah. Which you can kind of tell when he is like wearing his robe and it's kind of really kind of closed around him. You're like, oh, yeah. little belly. He always has As like if- a little belly. Yeah. yeah. But he's not an uh, unfit person. They just no. surrounded him with these like extremely muscled up, quote unquote, yeah. teenagers. <laughs> so he's, he's looks head ridiculous. The inch. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think yeah. it is a cross between on scene and then on scene. Right, right. Uh, on- <laughs> That's not even a phrase. <laughs> On screen and behind the scenes. Yes, there. Um, I, I I knew what you meant, and I, but I, I couldn't figure out how you said it wrong. I was just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, so hard to get That's there. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess the the a plot here is that the poor warblers have been summarily ejected from competition because of doping, <laughs> and now the new directions once again have to raise money for regionals. Is this not the most reused plotline that Glee has literally been there, fucking done that? And it's four hundred dollars. Can like Quinn's parents not just give them four hundred dollars? Literally, like two parents could write a check. We'd be done with this. (laughs) Not Sam's parents, but other people. Not Sam's parents. You're right. You're right. (laughs) We don't know what the socioeconomic status of the rest of these students are, but like there are mm, ten people in the Glee club. Come That's on. $40 a piece mm-hmm. to not be publicly humiliated. <laughs> Come on. And Tina's first fucking thought was, I'm going to get these guys naked. Right? And she's like, I have a whole vision. I'm going to direct this whole photo shoot. Okay. She's, she's been waiting to get Blaine stripped down Truly. for at least an episode. This is the beginning of the like, so blatant it hurts, like Blaine, Sam, Tina love triangle thing. Mm-hmm. And the objectification of Blaine, which has been in the background, but, like, is really intensified in these upcoming episodes. And it's an I think it's an interesting conversation because, obviously, the fandom talks about Blaine slash Darren's ass on the regular. But I want to say that that's different than the show doing it. Yeah, I mean... People people have a lot of opinions in fandom. We'll just start there. So like probably Mm -hmm. not everyone agrees, but I always felt like objectifying an actor not to their face or where they can read it Mm -hmm. is a lot different than like catcalling them on the street or like Mm -hmm. groping them when you meet them in a meet and greet, you know? So Uh it's not adding them 
on Twitter, right? You don't right. say it to their face. Yes. You put it in the fic. You exactly. don't You don't go up to these guys and say like, "Damn, look at those abs." Like you say it to your friends on the side. Right. And that's where I'm like in the episode it's like, "Okay, these guys consented to taking their shirt off for a picture for a calendar. Like they knew that was going to be, that's mm-hmm. what they consented to. They did not consent to Tina, like saying some stuff about their ass. Like what was mm-hmm. the, I, don't, I didn't write down exactly what she said, but she was basically like, Blaine has a juicy booty. Okay. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was basically the line. And I was like, um, Tina. <laughs> and it, it's so specific to the actor's real bodies. Yes. And Obviously, the writers and the showrunners know what people are saying online about the actors, and then they put it in the script. And that's a line that fandom polices itself on Mm. that the show doesn't police itself on. So it's, you you know, fandom is like, hey, don't don't go up to Darren and tell him he has a big ass like not cool. Um, But Ryan Murphy will write in the script yeah, it's like not that many more ass. episodes. When where's the end of Twerk? Is that oh, the season gosh. five? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's got to be. It is. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> it's like your boss putting into your progress report. Damn girl, <laughs> you've got a big ass. Like is that literally all your insecurities, right? Of Sam feeling like he's not buff enough. There's no way to given. Given the history of the Glee set and the history of the scripts that come out of the Glee set, there's is there a potential that um, Court Overstreet had expressed some insecurities about his body mm-hmm. with the addition of the two new guys that it just gets put right into the script? I wouldn't be surprised. Based on the history of the show, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure Ryan Murphy wrote this episode. <laughs> he did. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... If, it, if there's any chance that it's just a reference to a direct insecurity of an actor, this is probably it. Um, Lee Michelle also probably had some insecurity about being topless. And he was just oh, like, yeah. hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Write everyone's insecurities into an episode. Love right. that. It's, a, it's just, it, it's a weird line. Yeah. When you're the, when it's like your job. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. I'm sure there are much smarter people with PhDs who could say like the exact right words about why it's troubling. Um, I feel like there's a lot of shows where they incorporate the personalities of the actors and it makes the show better. Parks mm -hmm. and Rec, I think, is a big one. You know, like the personalities of the actors really flushed out a lot of the characters like like Donna that didn't really have much characterization at first, even though she's been Mm -hmm. there since like episode one season one she really didn't become much of a character until later and a lot of that stuff was like pulled from retta herself which is great um and i could talk about parks and rec all day (laughs) parks and rec on the rocks (laughs) oh my god it'd have to be like the opposite of on the rocks though because i think that show which is pretty close to perfect i mean for its time for sure um But I feel like in Glee, it was always the opposite. Like, it's not like, oh, our actors are such interesting, complicated people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's more like, ah, that's something that you hate about yourself. I can write that into a vicious rant that someone's Mm -hmm. going to say directly to your face for hours a day on end. Like, love that. Are you insecure about your voice? That's your entire character's personality. Exactly. I I just feel like it could have been we, clearly there are shows where the showrunner chooses to make that a positive thing, mm-hmm. and then you have Glee where it's like just fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I, yeah, totally. <laughs> so it just puts a uh, uh, an odd taste to the calendar, yeah. um, which could have been I just think really funny, right? And instead, you get a lot of commentary about. Um, bodies, which again, a great conversation to have, maybe not on Glee. Yeah. With Artie making some very astute observations that not everyone looks like they're on the CW um, because they don't. And especially like high school students don't necessarily have eight pack abs. I don't know about your high school, but mine didn't. Literally, I try to think of like who would be the buffest person in high school. I guess like the guys who play football and they do like their workouts, you know? Mm hmm. 
definitely did not have muscle definition like that. Like, absolutely mm-hmm. not. <laughs> Maybe high school guys today, because they're working out nine hours a day and they're on steroids. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's also, like, they're, they're barely 18 and Tina's out there hard creeping. Yeah. A little, nope. I don't know. Most of them are not 18. I mean, in the plot. Oh, that's true. Because, yeah, they're all coming in, like, I'm a sophomore, blah, blah, blah. They're sophomores. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're, what, 16? Maybe. Mm. Horrible. Yeah. Not great. 16, 17. Yeah. Where, where's the parental consent to this? Where's the, where's the permission <laughs> slips? I know that there yeah. had to be permission slips. <laughs> That's true. If you think about the actual work that needed to go into this, there would have been permission slips and wouldn't Figgins had to have signed off on it. Yeah. And like canonically, Finn is like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not in a position to green light something like this. No, I, well, he's not even a real teacher, right? He doesn't have any credentials. I know. I love that they keep pointing that out. Yes, please. Keep pointing that out. He, yeah. This man has not attended college not one day of his life. No, he should not be in charge of anybody. Oh. I love to see him on screen. Great growth happening, especially with his conversation at the end with Artie. Yeah. Um, who quite obviously doesn't want to pose for the calendar because he feels different mm-hmm. and differentiated from the other guys. Um, which is only ironic now, 10 years later, with what Kevin McHale looks like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But he's not cool with showing off his body, and he shouldn't be forced to do it because everyone else is doing it. Yes. Or put in a position to feel inferior by having to have a prop or be clothed when everyone else is naked. Like, then it stands out more. And that's his right to not do. And I appreciated how quickly Finn understood that and came around to that. And, um, I thought that was a nice character growth for him. Yeah, I, that's where I was like, oh, this episode is actually like a little better than I remember it being <laughs> like, because the whole conversation around already like not wanting to pose shirtless, not wanting to, you know, not really secure about being in his chair, not definitely not happy about not being in his chair in the pictures. And like um, the fact that that was like, clearly talked about multiple times throughout the episode mm-hmm. to multiple people who did you know try to find solutions and supported like still wanted already in the calendar like he was never excluded it was already being like okay i just i don't i'm gonna be different and i don't know how i feel about that and i don't know what the right solution is and eventually they do come to a solution and i thought that was like oddly poignant for glee yeah. <laughs> like this is like a pretty as far as like the after school specialty kind of storylines go, like body issues is one that I think they definitely in the end of twerk comes up again. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some other places. Um, I guess with like the whole Marley storyline too, like body issues is something that keeps coming up and like, hmm, lo and behold, this one about guys worrying about how buff they are is actually handled mm-hmm. pretty well. It's like a room full of men writing about men exactly like they have no idea how to write about women's <laughs> issues yeah or bodies but men they they somehow did a great job yeah this whole thing did it was in the fondue for two mm-hmm. sketch where britney calls out marley for her bulimia in an entire episode about body image i was like hold on wait wait yeah you want to roll that one back because uh this might be the time to talk about it in this literally episode and it, about and bodies and it still wasn't even like completely unpacked or anything. It was a joke. Oh. Yeah. It was yeah. It's like, all right, because <sighs> she's a woman and they don't know how to do that. Exactly. She's like, haha, aren't women's little mm-hmm. eating disorders so quaint? I don't know. Just weird vibes. It was it was weird vibes. Like didn't even have to it would have been better just not to mention it, maybe? Literally. Because that's like the C plot, I guess, in this episode is that like Marley and Jake are trying to tell each other that they love you. I love you. They're trying to tell each other I love you. <laughs> trying to tell them each other that they tell love you. Tell each other that they love each other, each other. Yes. Um, yes. So Brittany wants Marley to be vulnerable and honest with Jake. Um, my Another overall, definition of naked, I guess. Yeah. It's another definition of naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, one 
issue I, I do have with Glee, and it's an ongoing one, is like uh, they're 16, 17 years old. Like mm-hmm. they don't have to tell each other they love anything. Their brains are mush. <laughs> like they just <laughs> like each other. Have reasoning skills. <laughs> they fine. Have they known each other for like two months now? Three? That's maybe? such what a teenager thing. That's where I go to like, uh, Glee sometimes writes teenagers really well. There'll be like this moment. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I remember being a teenager and like wanting to tell my little – my little boyfriend that I loved him and like like Jesus. <laughs> vulnerable with him. Like, do they know those words? No, that's no, that like, that's vulnerable? that's weird. They don't know that. <laughs> Come on. You know, but teenagers nowadays do, and I like to think it's because of Glee. <laughs> you know what? We'll give them that credit. Let's give yeah. let's give Glee credit for teenagers now being more vocal with their feelings. Yes. Which is maybe terrible. <laughs> I always think of in Twenty One Jump Street where they're like they go back to high school undercover as cops and they're like baffled that these kids like care about the environment and like protect their gay friends and like don't want them to be macho. And he's like, oh, you know whose fault it is? Fucking Glee. <laughs> so he's like, fuck you, Glee. And that's where the Channing Tatum gift comes from. Anyways, and I think about that all the time. I don't know if that's true or not, but someone wrote that into like a blockbuster movie. So they're not wrong. It's got some truth to it. Glee probably made a whole generation of people more accepting and tolerant, and I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> it's really hard to want to give them credit, but sometimes you have to. I know. And it's like, ugh. I know. Um, yeah. I So I, I do appreciate Marley asking Jake to meet her in the auditorium to work on songs for regional. One, because she wants to work on songs for regionals. Yes. Somebody more than two, <laughs> someone's got to do it more than two days before. Yes, the God, event. please. This is the most preparation they've done for any competition ever. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, but it does turn out that I am still mad about the two of them singing a thousand years and not Curtain Blaine. Literally, I, I was glad you brought this up because I thought the same thing. I remember when we got like the song list, and everybody mm-hmm. was like, Oh my god, and then it was fucking Marley and Jake. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not even. In an explicitly romantic context either. I mean, it is, but it also isn't, right? Like, she's just like, oh, this is this is for sectionals. And then they sing it, and it's obviously very, like, romantic. And then she's like, oh, never mind. I don't want to do that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like it, meant, it meant nothing. Yeah, like, she didn't even take the opportunity to say I love you. I remember being boiling with rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Not awesome. Like, here's a perfect clean song, and uh, it's just fucking... I know. Just all over the t- I mean, and I don't even hate Marley and Jake. No, I think they Especially did a really this good time job with the song. Like, I think it was yeah. beautiful. It um, sounds so cute. And I appreciate Jacob Artis for being so serious in this episode. Like, he mm-hmm. really, like, Jake's character development, like, he sells it. He does. this, Especially this time around, um, this re- rewatch. Yes. Uh, they're so cute. And, you know, g- great for them. But um, back the fuck off the song. It was 2013. <laughs> we know. know who this song belonged to. We were so they they squandered so many songs on the whole like Marley Jake writer shit. Yeah. It, I'm still bitter. Now later, Jake sings uh, the Neo song "Let Me Love You," etc. Oh, etc. Yes. Et whatever the fuck else that song is called. Mm-hmm. Um, he sounds great. So good. Super cute. Love it. Fantastic. No notes. Yes, that one. Just, I was like surprised because. Uh, I gotta say the 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 music in this episode was not great. <laughs> it was pretty was boring. A lot of swing and a miss. Um, mm-hmm. But I do. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because Jake's cover of "Let Me Love You" was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, it was he sounded good. amazing. It felt very sincere. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. No notes. Can't complain. But he still <laughs> doesn't tell Marley that he loves her, no. <laughs> even though no. Britt. It's Brittany, right? She's like, don't you have something you want to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's writer. literally sitting there like, one hey, of them. Yeah, hey. it's like, aren't you going to tell her? And he's like, mm, nope. Um, and ends up telling her by writing it in her Men of McKinley calendar. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, what a, what a memento. It's like in your yearbook, have a bomb-ass summer. I love you. Literally. <laughs> like, my wife wrote for the first time that she loved me in a book as well, but it wasn't um, – a picture of her topless. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different vibe. Different vibe. <laughs> different vibe. That happens later. Oh, man. And not in front of, like, the entire school. 
I know there's a, uh, the both times that Jake chose to like try and say it were so public. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I was a teenager, like saying I love you was like embarrassing. Like you wanted to, and you you felt all you know warm and fuzzy, but it was like ugh, like the <laughs> so with, with Jake sitting there on that stool and those two older, you know, well, Britt was older, right? Well, she, well, she didn't graduate. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So sitting there being like, is there something you want to say? Do you want to say something? Hey, yep. do you want to say something? I would have probably puked in embarrassment. Um, died. <laughs> to been run out either screaming. as Marley or as Jake. I would have just been like, Bleh. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Granted, I'd never be in the Glee Club because of my embarrassment levels, but same. Like, Bleh. just thinking about it. I know. The more, the more we talk about Glee, the more I'm like, God, I'm really glad high school choir was not like this at all because I can't yeah. imagine like the people that I was in choir with, I fucking hated most of those people. If they had to get up and just sing a heartfelt like love song to each other once a week, yeah. I would no blow my brains out. It was terrible. Yeah. Like I thought we were practicing for something. No, we're just singing literally it's like um there's a competition we don't even have a set list (laughs) y'all are just serenading each other before we get to rachel who i think is like the is she the b plot or the c plot i feel like a plot has been a mckinley i guess you could argue between rachel or jake and marley on who the b plot is maybe they're both b we can jump into like sam i was gonna make like a b cup joke but i don't know if that's appropriate (laughs) yes (laughs) A cup? Mm. <laughs> no, Sam's got bigger than A cups. That's true. Does Rachel though? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? Dana called them like mosquito bites or something. Mosquito bites. <laughs> um, we do have Sam and Britt as sexy teen imbeciles. I love Fiddens. He's so underutilized. <laughs> he really is. Sexy Getting teen imbeciles. The highest and lowest scores on the SATs ever received at McKinley. Which... What? <laughs> she said she draw a penis and a unicorn? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then like A's until she got bored and then switched. Le- I I know they yeah. talk more about this later. They circle back to this mm-hmm. with, in a different plot. But I still don't understand it. I also think the lowest score you can get on the SAT is a 400, not a 340. <laughs> I think you get enough points for putting your name on it's the like page. It's like showing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we still on the Sam is dumb vibe, I, I, even I, though we right? know he has dyslexia? It's like they said in an episode that Sam had dyslexia and immediately forgot it because it is not brought up here. Because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, you can just take it again. But they don't say, like, maybe you need accommodations or yeah. something like that. Yeah. They're just like, because take it again. If, it's fine. If the outcome of the SAT scores was that he wasn't going to be able to go to the same colleges, couldn't that have also couldn't we have gotten there also that he couldn't afford to right did it have to be that he's an idiot because not cool because sam is not dumb like he may not be book smart like college isn't for everyone i think i would have liked better if that scene instead of being like here's some colleges that don't require sats if they had been like Mm -hmm. what about trade school what about college like you don't have to go straight to a four-year institution if school is not your thing like, you're just going to have a lot of student loans that you can't pay back. Don't <laughs> fucking do it. It's a scam. <laughs> and, it, and it won't be until 2022 when the government might start making some consolations toward the fact that student loans are predatory. <laughs> and even then, some consolation is like, that's like overstating it. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, <laughs> go ahead. I don't even... I'm just thinking, even if you guessed your entire way through the SATs, you'd end up with above a 340. I think even if you picked C for everything, you'd probably get above a 340. Like, yeah. that's crazy. And um, I know it's supposed to be funny, but it just pissed me off more when Brittany was like, oh, I might go to MIT or the University of California at Charles Barkley's house. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was so funny. and But I was like, Poor mm-hmm. Sam. This is also his girlfriend, right? Are they still together? I or did they break up? I I think they're I still together. Because then they just have that. They just had a storyline together. I think. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Does not, it matter? They're not <laughs> acting together, so 
maybe they broke up um lee does that though where every couple episodes they forget that characters who are dating are dating and then they act like strangers because they Mm -hmm. glee actually that was two episodes ago they had the marriage storyline did they Mm -hmm. break up in that episode no okay Um, i don't i you you wouldn't know that i've literally watched every single (laughs) episode I watch them all. I, I usually take very detailed notes. <laughs> I've got like two and a half pages of notes on this episode. And I'm still like, wait, are they together? I don't know. Let's say yes for now. I, I feel like they probably are. Anyways. <laughs> you know what? Tell us if they're together. Yeah, we'll take a poll. Us. Someone, do you think they're together? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but no, totally. They're, the lack of discussions in media about the... The, I was going to say the efficacy, and that's not the right word, but the possibility mm-hmm. of community colleges and trade yes. schools is nuts. The legitimacy. When, yeah. The legitimacy. Thank yes. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, it's baffling. And I know that it, a lot of it is late stage capitalism and morality placed on levels of education and all this shit that we've placed on ourselves over the last few years just to make. Uh, for-profit colleges money right right we know the mechanisms behind it but we don't have to keep doing this you don't have to go (laughs) people listening to this episode you don't have to go to a four-year institution if you are not prepared to make a call on what you think you want to study yes you don't don't do it go to a two-year spend a fraction of the money get an aa or not and work out what you think you might want to do. Yes. You're going to change your mind so many fucking times. It's going to irritate you and everyone in your family. Yes. And your friends. And that's good. <laughs> it's really good to change your mind. Because you wanted to be a vet when you were six. And I promise you don't want to be a vet now. And you know what? I feel like upon graduating from high school, most students don't know what actually goes into like a career. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. you – if you – or at least this was my experience. If you were kind of smart and you kind of like science, they were like, great, you're going to be a doctor. Oh, or if God, you were yeah. kind of smart and you kind of like English, they were like, great, you're going to be a lawyer. And like, that was it. Or a right? teacher. Yeah. Yes. Or something like that. And it's like, so you're like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to be. But, th- and I mean, kids have more internet now. So like, maybe that was a product of its time. But like, I feel like I didn't know what it took to go to medical school or like mm-hmm. what the classes I was going to have to take in college would be like, or even what a doctor fucking does on a day-to-day basis. Like in my head, it was all about like patient care. Not true. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for probably like any career that you pick at random at like as a little kid and then (laughs) you just say you're going to do it. But there's no like career preparation in high school. So you get to college and you start taking these prereqs and you're like, oh no, I hate organic chemistry or Uh (laughs) I hate, you know, poli sci or whatever you got yourself Mm -hmm. into. And it is extremely difficult and expensive to completely change course, you know, halfway through your college career. It sucks. And there's a ton of careers that you don't even know exist until you start living in the world. Like, you think uh, the one that kills me now, and I part of me is like, oh, I could actually go back to school, but I also am like never going to do that again. But if someone had actually told me what being a librarian was, I would have beeline for that. Literally, why did path. I not become a librarian? I think about right? this all the time. I would love Nobody, to be a librarian. Right. Exactly. Nobody, ev- because I already have interests in. English and history and yeah. religion and poli sci, like all these interests, but no one ever said like, you know, there are so many kinds of librarians, right? They do a multitude of things. It's not just sitting in an underutilized school library, right? Checking out books. Like that's not a librarian. Like, oh my God, I would have angled right fucking for it. I don't know why I never thought of that. I spent so much fucking time at the public library, at the school mm-hmm. libraries, like, what? Why did I never? There are research it? librarians who just yes. who just help people. They help other students research shit. There's Amazing. like children's librarians, mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. ones who do like the teen rooms and like the teen events, and like uh, there's just so or just purely academic research yeah. in an institution. If you don't want to do that, like there's multitudes. I would love to be a public librarian and like build yeah. all the little displays, like they do all the little yeah. like 
um, he's a 10, but have you seen those? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the red flag. That's so yeah. fucking cute. Just like curating a little book display mm-hmm. and like making the little things. I fucking love it. But no one tells you that's a career path because... And you have to have like a master's degree in it. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. like waltz into a library. Not at all. <sighs> it's upsetting. So like Emma could have given Sam... <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. Any other information beyond here's some colleges that don't take SATs. Yeah. Any other information. And it's infuriating. And I know that Glee is not an after school special and it's not on PBS. That's a fucking show to entertain you but the best shows also show people the possibilities outside of television exactly i feel like they could have just at least thrown it out there but no Mm -hmm. not even that it's just like of course you're going to a four-year institution and taking on a hundred thousand dollars in student debt (laughs) because that's everyone that's what your trajectory should be like is it though Although I guess she did try to help him with like the scholarship thing. She's like, just write an essay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> with That's your dyslexia. You <laughs> your dyslexia. Oh, oh. Just sit down and write this. Even yeah, though just we know you have trouble this. writing. I know. And then, you know, everyone filmed little um, videos about how, how much they like him. Like, what is he going to do with that? Turn that in? Because <laughs> Blaine was like, That's your essay. Like, I know. That's your What? What? <laughs> Okay, what? Of course, TV is a visual medium. So they're like, you know, know, we'll put together, it'll be like video clips of people. But it's like, um, (laughs) he's got to transcribe the video now. (laughs) It was cute, though. I mean, it's little, it's like those birthday videos people do for their friends, but like, yeah, more meaningful, I guess. Like Ryan Murphy went to college. He knows. A little bit. I'm not even convinced he went to high school sometimes. <laughs> the show is written. But you're right. Um, you're right. <laughs> he said he did. I don't I mean, do we believe anything that Ryan Murphy says? I don't generally. As a general he says he graduated from a high school in Indianapolis, but like did he? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah, I I saw that in the trivia for this episode because Regionals is going to be in Indianapolis, which is where Ryan Murphy's from, and he wrote the episode. He was like, "Shout out to Indy." Yeah, hate that guy. I do think that's um the the whole Sam Blaine friendship is so cute. I wish they hadn't fucked it up with like the unrequited Mm -hmm. love thing. I really wish they had. Same. These moments are. Perfect. I know. So like, done. Sam amazing really needed friends. someone who could see through his bullshit because mm-hmm. Sam is like not a, a fun person to be around in this episode. Like oh. some of it, like he's like very like kind of tyrannical towards the other guys, like getting them in mm-hmm. shape for the um, calendar, and like he himself is like, oh, I gotta, we gotta take the pictures quick, or I'm gonna lose like my definition. Like he's like my a pump, <laughs> right? He's like. My pump. That was it. My pump. He's like, I'm like, who's got the roid rage now? That's too much. Um, but it did also give us the, oh, it, one in my humble opinion is the worst mashup that Glee has ever done. Hot, hot in here. Hot in here slash centerfold. <laughs> Why didn't they just pick one or the other? Those I are both know. good songs in their own right. Why did you put them together? I hate it. I it's really bad. Um, Hot in here would have been an amazing song on its own. Yes! Centerfold didn't need to be there. Yes, D minus. <laughs> it's like truly like the most nonsensical. It yeah. had the feeling that there was like a fight in the writers' room where like half of them were like, "We're gonna do Hot in here," and the other half was like, "We're gonna do Centerfold <laughs> for this like montage of them like getting ready for the calendar." And so some enterprising young person was like whatever we'll make it a matchup mm-hmm. and it's it's really bad it's objectively really bad it's really bad um yeah yeah it's bad i if you like the song we ex- will need to hear your apology <laughs> um Before i would love to hear like a song. like a another a counterpoint because i just don't <laughs> see how you could be like you know it's got some points no it ruined both songs it doesn't I also don't love watching dudes do push-ups off women, but yes. that's me. Yeah, why were the girls in the boys' locker room this whole episode? I don't know. And like helping them, and like helping them, like just to get the Cheerios in there, I guess. Right? Because it wasn't even like just the Glee girls, huh? It was like some random mm-hmm. Cheerios too. Okay. Yeah, because they're the dance squad. <laughs> yes. 
like the Cheerios would never be making sure the New Directions got to go to regionals. No. <laughs> they think, no. They especially not when they're trying to blackmail. Yeah. Um, Sue with nudes. <laughs> Wait, I loved that. <laughs> the um, what was it that she posed in Penthouse after taking horse estrogen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, which apparently is a throwback to something that was said in like season one. I think so. Yeah. Oh, it was because they'll, an they'll remember an version of the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they remember. <laughs> It's a throwback to a random comment in the extended I know, version of all the pilot these. that was never aired. <laughs> I know. It's like, you guys want to have continuity? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, Yeah. I'm glad they brought back Fondue for Two, though. This is like the first episode it comes back in since the first time it was there, apparently. This is all, all right. from Glee Wiki, so I trust them with my life. they said this is the first appearance of fondue for two since it's only appearance in season two episode rumors huh and then from now on it becomes like a recurring Mm -hmm. okay yeah Mm -hmm, oh and they also throw back to santana's sex tape sorry we that's that's the next plot line (laughs) yeah yeah i we can jump to to rachel because i did love the recall to the sex tape yes for very for for reasons um do we want to just jump into yeah. uh, Rachel's B or C plotline, depending on how important B- you B- find one, Rachel? B1, B2. B1, B2? Yeah. Let's do it. So Rachel gets cast in a student film at Niata and is asked if she will appear topless. And she says yes, initially. Yes. But not, <laughs> not before she sings a duet with herself. <laughs> yeah. Um... <sighs> Which I also hated. I gotta be honest, I hated it. <laughs> I love the song Torn because yes. you know you grow up in that era and like who doesn't love Natalie and Brilliant? There's so much about this entire conversation around a woman getting topless for a movie that is like, oh yeah, dudes did write this, didn't they? Right. <laughs> Literally. That's, I it's hard to unpack. Because it, some of it is like disingenuous. Mm. Um, some of it's obviously for giggles for the show. Um, so Rachel's obviously at odds with herself about whether or not she wants to do it. She sees the younger version of herself in her old Rachel attire arguing about the virtues of getting naked on camera. And like old Rachel calls her and her makeup porn star-esque. Yeah. She was like, your is, hair's out of control or something. Which is like, oh. It was funny. It's funny, but then they don't change anything either. They don't change it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like going forward, like, okay, like, y'all are just saying that Rachel Berry's a slut. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, she's like, your hair's getting out of control. New Rachel says, fair. She, like, agrees with her, and then it never changes. Know, it. So we do agree that like her that. hair extensions are nuts. Okay, great. I know, her um, ombre and her blood and like, There's only one way to resolve this. Sing about it. Like, okay. <laughs> Sing Torn, I think because there's a line about being naked in it. Yes, I think I literally think that's why they picked the song. Yeah. It just doesn't fit Leah Michelle's voice at mm-hmm. all. Her voice, her style, nothing. I would have mm-hmm. loved to hear, like, Santana sing that song. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anybody else. I, it was not good. I think you're totally right. Half these episodes, I feel like they, someone slapped a word up on the board. Naked. That's what this mm-hmm. episode's going to be about. And yeah, they and then someone googled song lyrics with the song with the word naked. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because someone was just flipping through a playlist, like, "Ooh, Natalie and Brilliant, done." So it's like so many times, it's just like too on the nose, or or so off base that you're like, it had to have just been that because. Like the one they sing afterwards, love song. What? I know. I think we're gonna write you a love song. Like, um, I think uh, okay. that one only worked if you know the background of the song, or at least I thought so. Because like, um, Sarah Bareilles wrote that song because her management or whatever her label wanted her to write a yeah. love song, so she wrote that as like a as like a fuck you to them, and then she blew up, and now she can do whatever she wants. So yes. I, <laughs> I kind of was but, like, oh, it is kind of a fuck you song to the, the powers that be. But does that have any context within the show? Um, no. You have to, like, know the background of the song. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To know what's happening in the show. Yeah, so, in the show, yeah. it's just more like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. take my top off. They could have changed the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> 
I don't think they talk. I don't think there's naked in that song. So I don't know how they decided on that one. Maybe Ryan Murphy may just really like Sarah Bareilles. That could have been enough for him. I mean, she's America's sweetheart. So yeah, there was just there's also something really silly about old Rachel calling new Rachel's attire slutty when she's in the world's shortest skirt. I know. (laughs) And like the thigh high socks, like, come on. Like you're dressed like every schoolgirl fantasy right now. I was about to say, that's also a porn outfit. It's just a different kind of porn. It's just a different vibe. It's all, Rachel has always looked a little porny. Is this, are we just now realizing this or what? Yeah. Yeah. But the arguments about whether or not to be naked on film are so difficult anyway Mm. because you have to deconstruct so many layers of misogyny and male gaze and consent and why is this character naked in the first place like right like when you write a character being naked like why are you doing that in the first place yes because it shows your vulnerability like does it though or do you think it does yes are you already trained as a writer to assume that nakedness on screen equals vulnerability did you learn that from a writer in your classes or do you really think it like it's too it's too much for glee to just say it's feminism like it's not though yes it's it's not because we only have these questions around women on screen we never have these questions about men i feel like the counter argument of like you can't do this is because like either your children will be scarred one day or you will (laughs) feel shame those were like really (laughs) the only two arguments i mean i guess the other one was like it'll make you not look like a serious enough actor for your serious actor career. But it's like, it's a student film. It, yeah. it, is this going on her IMDb credits? Like, um, it might. <laughs> is she, but like, is she going to like, I don't know. I just can't see. I don't know. It just seems so low stakes, but maybe I just don't understand I mean, how it works. It, it will follow you, mm. especially in the age of the internet. Like if, if there's a copy, there's a copy, which was Santana's point, right? Like right. there's a copy, there's a copy. And I I think for me anyway, the argue the the discussion around like why are you doing this is pretty intense. If you think, mm. you know, like do you really want to or do you think you want to because of X, Y, and Z? Or are you are you having a where is your rationale coming from? Like what right. level of mm, internalized misogyny is this coming from i think it's similar arguments around wearing makeup and around wearing um high heels and all these different like i'm doing it for myself like but are you mm. are you though yeah it's, it makes me feel good like does it or does it satisfy a number of other things true because of every other internal and external input that you get from society and i feel like this is like always more of a thing with women too like oh yeah 100 percent any choice you make is not just a choice you made. Like it's also mm-hmm. has so many layers of like expectations yeah. and pressure and yeah. tradition. And yeah. And if you don't do it, you're just a prude. Yeah. Like, mm, but are you? What's well, like, if you choose not to wear makeup, that's like making a statement. If you choose to mm-hmm. wear makeup, that's like making a statement. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like think about it for more than two seconds before you make a choice. Yeah. And think about why you're making like, no, but it's glee. Right. So really, it's about, well, your children think it's gross. Like, ooh, that's not the real question. Well, I was going to say, like, similar to, I know, similar to, like, all the conversations that they had with Artie throughout the episode about him deciding whether to take his shirt off. I do feel like at least I I liked that you could kind of um, see that Rachel felt empowered to change her mind or, like, she kind Mm -hmm. of made the decision for herself, right? Because she gets, like feedback from Kurt saying like, don't fucking do this. Um, but then Brody is like supportive such mm-hmm. that he is walking around naked in their apartment. Oh God. The, uh, <laughs> Which is the rooster O's iconic scene. <laughs> the rooster really O's. Um, and then of course, Kurt calls in Santana and Quinn to visit her. And mm-hmm. they're like, don't fucking do this because my sex tape never went away. And like your kids will be ashamed. And then she still goes to the set to film the scene. And it's not mm-hmm. until like, she is in the moment and knows in her gut, like, I don't want to do this, that she is able to mm-hmm. like walk away from it. So like, I don't, I guess she still didn't really say why. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was just kind of like, no, I don't want to. 
I don't know. But and it was also obvious they were never going to have Rachel Berry take her top. Of course not, right? So the stakes were pretty low other than like what was Glee going to try to say about it? Right. Um so and what do you, you think know. they said about it in the end? I I think they still leaned a little too hard into the like super old school mm. slut virgin argument right like rachel's a good girl so she didn't take her top off right like she's a serious actress she's really in it for her craft so she didn't take her top off like okay but like what are we now saying about what a good girl like are people who get naked on film not good actors or serious actors well and like what about the writers and directors who write those like aren't they the first step in bad movies then like they're the ones who created the content then you force an actor into the situation like it's not the actor is not the first stop in who gets naked on film Mm. it's the writer and then the director and the producers pushing it forward right so it would have some more it's it's so hard because like it's fucking glee you're never gonna get this some more depth to like what her thought process was Right. I think Kurt was I didn't love Kurt's advice about this. Right. Kurt is really like um can't think of the word, uh the type of argument for this, but like if you wanted it um what did he say? Because Brody was the one who was like, if you want to win an Oscar, you have to show your boobs. Like, no, you don't. Oh yeah, like um, named a bunch of actresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Kurt was very prudish is not the right word, but very like, how could you possibly do this? Right. Like, but why are you saying that about her? Like, everyone needs to think about what they're saying right now. And But they're glee or they're like one and a half dimensional characters. They can't. Right, right. So just, it was, I don't know. For me, there was like just so much happening in this episode that on a one hour drama or, uh, you know, a movie would have been so much or could have been a lot deeper of conversation about. Right. Why we do these things for movies and TV. Because now you have shows like Euphoria, mm-hmm. which I won't watch because yeah, I, I don't insane. I don't think I'm interested in it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm I'm personally not interested in watching 15, 16 year olds have sex and do drugs, but I'm an old fuck. So, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not um realistic. I'm sorry, yeah, no. <laughs> and like those actresses are all getting naked, and there's a lot of conversation about what happens on set and with the director and the creator, like. Yeah, let's have that conversation too. Like, are you doing this because you want to or because you feel pressured by the production? Like, hmm, is it empowering or is it the nature of things? Are you saying it's empowering because if you don't, you're blacklisted from Hollywood? There's a lot that happens. Hmm. So, don't go into Hollywood, you guys. Being an actor is not worth it. Did you read um, Jeanette McCurdy's book? No. I'm glad my mom died. Is that the one like, I'm glad my mom died? Yeah, I just finished it this week. Um, good. But it's a lot about, yeah, it's a lot about like her mom forcing her into acting basically when she hated it. So very interesting. Like child, the fucking child actors shouldn't exist, no. honestly. No, they shouldn't. Just, it's horrible. They really shouldn't. And she ended up, I mean, and this is not a spoiler, but she ended up getting like exploited on so many levels such that she didn't even get like the Kugler account, like the 15% that she's supposed to get from all mm. the money she made as a minor. Yeah. Her mom just like- Jesus fucked up setting up the account apparently that can happen your parent can just be like mm-hmm. yeah i set that up and then not and then not that's it. it like that's cool, insane cool, cool. yeah insane so i do appreciate um if the shows are going to be about high schoolers of course it's absurd that they cast like 20 or 30 somethings but i appreciate that in the sense that i do too yeah don't ruin Amazing. anyone's innocence or childhood yeah. with like forcing them to take the top off boy or girl like we, <laughs> yeah. yeah we have made fun of glee for like oh that guy looks like he's 30 yeah. but at the same time i mean of course you can exploit an adult yeah but well glee made fun of itself this episode too mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of the reporters as hunter like mm. i i really i thought that was fun <laughs> don't you look like, too old to be in high school i love that yeah. yeah but i you know when it comes down to the safety on set yeah. having older actors play high schoolers i think is infinitely better than putting 13 and 14 year olds into those situations absolutely i don't think it's smart what a depressing episode that we've turned this into (laughs) (laughs) sorry no this is the problem with glee they take these heavy fucking topics and like yeah 
make them a one-off joke episode. Yeah, and it does. It's like, well, thanks. We're left here to unpack that for you <laughs> just because you didn't bother yeah. to. Because you're right. There was a lot of talk about like the difference between girls and guys taking their top off or like, mm-hmm. yeah, why is the pressure there? And like, yeah, it's so good. You said it way better than I could. But yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad all my work experience i mean not that it would have ever been different but all my work experience is behind the camera and yeah offset like no thank you i no yeah <laughs> absolutely not yeah i feel like when you're like a kid though i mean not every kid obviously but i feel like being a child actor is something that just looks so glamorous and like sure. being famous is like it'll just solve all your problems you know mm-hmm. and it's like Mm-mm. yeah it might solve like one but guess how many more you get <laughs> So Rachel does not take her her top off, um, or well, really they kept saying take her top, but drop her robe. I'm not right. sure what was happening the under. Robe, yeah, it was the robe. What about the bottoms? I don't know. Yeah. I did think. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny when she had like the whole crew <laughs> working yeah. on the movie to take their tops off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try to feel safer. Yeah, which again is an interesting little tidbit of yeah. like like feeling safe on set in mm-hmm. the in the pre-intimacy coordinator world yes and that director just being so like do it like chill yeah like, why do you want her to do this so badly what are you doing but and then at the end when rachel walks off the director's like i guess i have to do it it's like why don't you just do it the whole time just whatever whole time. it's fucking like, miata clearly. like yeah you're yeah. there for directing but you're also kind of there for acting i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure you just wanted to do this the whole time she just had to cast someone to look legit in the first place. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've tried to find it, but I couldn't find mm-hmm. anyone. That's funny. Um, but after we, she walks off set, she meets Santana Quinn at a random stage? Sure. Theater? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe For a second, it looked like Leona? they had just arrived back at McKinley I somehow. But... Anytime I see people on stage, I think it's like – the the high school auditorium but mm-hmm. it's not but they still have lighting <laughs> i don't know how they got there but i do really love um we already talked about love song a little bit but i love their performance of it i think it sounds really good in, like mm-hmm. the three-part harmony no they always Very sound cute. great yeah i think i would have i would have liked a different song <laughs> yeah in there in here but again the song choices for this episode were weak yeah um but they sound they sound lovely so it was nice to see them we also got the little hint from santana that she would be leaving kentucky and potentially moving to new york because it's more her speed hmm what how is she getting from kentucky to new york anyways is there like a train <laughs> uh these boots are made for walking i guess so i don't know when she said I'm that i was gonna... like kentucky how far is kentucky it seems pretty far <laughs> uh okay so kentucky is just then it like it shares a border with Ohio, so it's mm. about the same distance. Mm. Okay, which is something I just learned. So you probably have to that fly though. Where Kentucky is, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know Kentucky is above Tennessee, but that means a lot of things. Like <laughs> fair. <laughs> Once you get above Tennessee, I don't know any geography in like realistic terms. <laughs> okay, honestly, once you get east of the Rockies, I lose it. <laughs> States start looking the same. Yeah start questioning their practices and their dust bowl. I've always grown up in these states where it's like, it takes about six hours to drive from one side of the state to the other. And then you mm-hmm. get to these states where it's like, you can get from side to side in an hour Well, there's no traffic. And that's yeah, those little baby thing. states. The fuck <laughs> yeah, is that? Baby states. I don't get it. Yeah. It takes uh, four and a half, four and a half, five mm-hmm. hours to drive from where i am to the eastern edge of washington mm. and but that doesn't count right? that's you're missing the peninsula on right. the west coast right so it's but you got to go up over a mountain range and then through right, right? so it's so four and a half yeah yeah we're not a tiny state i know people forget no, yeah that's right like the here, size right? that i'm used to because like alabama yeah. and louisiana are both kind of like that it's like five six hours yeah. the long way and like maybe three hours the other way so I, you probably can drive from Kentucky to New York. You probably shouldn't, but <laughs> I think Google map it. They said Blaine always um, 
flew, but he's like a rich kid. Where does where did she go to school? I forget. I think it's Louisville, huh? Louisville. L- Louisville. Louisville. Exactly. Louisville. It All takes right. twelve Everyone. hours to drive. Oh God. <laughs> The thrilling podcasting of someone Google mapping Louisville <laughs> to New York City. 11 hours, 38 minutes. It has tolls. You take I-71 north. You go through, uh, <laughs> is it just under Pittsburgh? Amazing. What a boring fucking drive. Yeah, you hit Cincinnati, Columbus, outskirts of Pittsburgh, and then New York. Wow. Yeah, that seems terrible. I will say, um, for as much as Pennsylvania kind of sucks, um, sorry, Uh <laughs> It's really beautiful to drive through. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually very beautiful to drive through. I didn't know Pittsburgh and Philadelphia were so far away from each other. They're on the opposite sides of the state. They're on the opposite sides of Pennsylvania. I didn't know that. That's crazy. We used to have to fly into Pittsburgh to then take a puddle jumper to my grandparents' house Mm. in New York because the airport there was not big enough for a regular plane. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So you'd have to change into a plane that you could probably just carry on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been in one of those before. Yeah. I don't terrifying. Like <laughs> terrifying. Um, where you're watching the ru- the rudders go. You're like, please keep going. Please keep going. Please yes. Keep going. <laughs> um, all right. Even more we... like a tin can. I think we covered everything. I I wanted. I think we didn't say that. Like Sam ends up keeping his shirt on for the. Mm. calendar as well like to in solidarity with Artie and I love that um I did too I loved it and then uh, for some reason they do this is the new year at the end because it's January so they're like yeah um, <laughs> yeah for an episode that mentions that it's January like once yeah uh, then they really go hard on this is the new year um because it's not even like the first episode after the Christmas episode it's the mm-hmm. second episode after the mm-hmm. Christmas episode yeah it felt, uh, you know. it felt like when they just blatantly say like the title of a book in the book when they didn't really have to <laughs> like there was no reason yeah. to say the title of the book because yep, it's just some yep. phrase um <laughs> but anyways i did really like this is the new year though but i everybody knows i'm a sucker for a group number um mm-hmm. i thought it was really cute they sound great mm-hmm. um we were talking pre-record um about a great big world and the song they obviously modeled the performance to look like a music video. So that was kind of interesting. They're just staring right at you and into the camera. Yeah, there was but like I the mix of like the being on stage and then they're just like staring into mm-hmm. the camera on a studio. Yeah. Yeah. But it definitely just becomes a song. Like all of a sudden you're like, here's a song. We're singing. Like, oh, it, it literally is. It's like, oh, it's going to be a great year. And then it's like, ba, ba, ba. And Darren's yeah. just staring into your eyeball. Yeah. Okay. Soloing and you're like, okay, we're doing this thing. Yeah. I don't see the ring. You see the ring light reflected in his eyes. <laughs> the like, ring Jesus, light, yes. Um, also, there's like a filter over the performance that makes it like gray. Like mm-hmm. it's like uh, who who made that decision? I know it wasn't really leaning into that. Our friend Joaquin Cedillo, who does no. the director of photography, he would never. That's some post production bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Someone did that to him, and I know just like gray. To, I don't get why. It's weird. Anyway. Maybe to really highlight the black and whiteness i guess so um glee wiki told me this is the it's like the sixth song that they did uh black and white costumes for in the show are they just cheaper i don't know i guess it is a lot easier to coordinate you know 12 people's outfits yeah. when you'd go black and white um but like fix you they do the black and white oh yeah mm-hmm. oh there it is vogue no just kidding i'm reading the wrong list um keep holding on <laughs> Hello, goodbye, toxic, one of us, and fix you. They all wore black and white oh, those yeah, performances, yeah. and they're all group numbers. Hmm. I know. I was like, I didn't think about that mm-hmm. before. But usually, that's to like convey the seriousness of it. Like, keep holding mm-hmm. on and fix you, and one of us are like very serious. Yeah. But anyways, whatever. Huh. <laughs> you feel like they also could have done it like disco ball, super sparkly for the new oh, year. But- that would have been cool. All gold sparkles. Yeah, I feel like that would have been way more fun. Obviously, we should have written Glee. I should have. Ugh, just missed opportunities. Well, it's like sometimes they do these end numbers and, you know, it's just like them having fun on stage together. Mm -hmm. And then other times they do it and they coordinate all their outfits. And, like, it must be difficult to coordinate all the outfits, 100%. But some of the choices that they made (laughs) – 
in my head, in service of it being easier to coordinate the outfits are like when they put them all in flannel <laughs> or yeah. sing, um, yeah. which was a choice. <laughs> Putting them all in black and white mm-hmm. um, is a choice, you know. So shout out to the the costumers of Glee, though. I know they really held it down, so I won't talk too much shit against them. No, we can't. We can't. Of all the things that we hate, we cannot hate the, the costume department. never hate on them. Constant MVPs. Yes. And the, all their black and white outfits were super cute. They were adorable and all very different. Yes, they were. I'm trying to think if anyone really stood out. Unique stood out for me because she had like this yeah. like high pencil skirt look. And I yeah. was like, ooh. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. Especially because I can't imagine being encased in a pencil skirt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's okay. All Unique had to do was park and mark. <laughs> I think about that yeah. every time they do a crew number. Park and mark. I'm like, who's the park and park? Yeah. Um, it's just a great line, park and mark. It is. It's so good. It was a cute number. I'm glad. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we do we just go to the Kevin McScale? Do we have any final thoughts? I think we got to go to the Kevin McScale. He had a plot line. He had a whole ass plot he had line. A whole ass plot line. Um. Yeah. He didn't have a solo, though. He should have had a solo. So it's a four, whole ass plot line, but no solo? Yeah, I feel like a four. I'm looking at the okay. song list again. I feel like he could have he could have had a song similar to Torn, where he's, like, thinking about, like, mm-hmm. what he wants to do. and like, Or he could have also sung Torn. Maybe they could have split it. I think that would have been oh, cool. That would have been Instead cool. Instead of Rachel yeah, splitting it with herself. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool, because they, yeah. they've done that before, where two characters across different plots sing the same song which i think is really cool yeah i like when they do that i think that would have been better and i just love to hear kevin sing oh me too duh kevin you're always invited onto this podcast always oh my god that would be a dream come true i, I don't know we if can't. i could be on that one i might <laughs> love to like calm down we can't, we can't pay you but no. like we can pay you in our never-ending love and support yeah <laughs> We can promise not to say bad things if that helps yeah. with your PR team. Um, or at least cut them. <laughs> we couldn't promise it for certain other Glee actors who wanted to be on the show. Fair. <laughs> Very true. Um, I'll make a call. To be fair, it wasn't his fault. It was the Glee writer's fault. But it was objectively <laughs> not good. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Four out of five on the Kevin scale. Pain deck. Yes. But there was no, no pain. They didn't interact. Yeah. They weren't together. There was nothing. No, no clean like and no pain. <laughs> no pain, no, no clean. Pain, no pain. <laughs> if you had never seen Glee before and this was your episode, you would not know those characters knew each other. You would have no idea. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> you say it like that. I'm like, wow, that makes me sad. <laughs> you also wouldn't know that the New York storyline connected to the Ohio storyline. No, not at all. So it was an episode where they were very disparate. Well, we don't even know if Sam and Brittany are together in this episode either. So it's true. The only couple that did anything is Jake and Marley. Yeah. And they really took over. Oh. Do you have a favorite song? B- besides Hot and Her. <laughs> no, God, it's so bad. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Love Song is my favorite song. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think this is The New Year was a close second. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go with This is the New Year. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was my favorite performance for sure. Like, it's just cute. They're just running around. It's very cute. Being, being besties. Being BFFs. Yeah. Bethes. Peace in the Glee Club for once. Part of the time, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. um, do you have any memorable lines that we have not covered? Hmm. I don't. I didn't write any down. I, I already mentioned the Brittany one, yeah, where she's like knit in the <laughs> Charles Barkley's house. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the one I laughed out loud at. Um, and then what is your that thing you like? Mm, let's see. Um, I think that thing I like was Jake singing Let Me Love You. I do. That was really nice. Made sense with the plot. Beautifully done. Really well acted. I did not like the like just sit and sing solo in front of the Glee Club kind of numbers, but I actually really enjoyed this one. It was nice to see a character get that sing in front of the Glee Club solo that doesn't normally get them. That is true. Yeah. Get to highlight the voice. Yes. And not just the dancing. Jacob Artis has a great voice. Exactly. And he doesn't get a lot of chances to like show it off. Um, That thing I liked was... Despite 
uh, <laughs> rewind. Um, it, it was Blaine and Sam having a conversation around, you know, school and Sam being a good person. Just that interaction of them, like one dude trying to say nice things to another dude yeah. without like having to like punch a shoulder or be yes. manly about it. Just having like a deep conversation uh, for them, yeah. <laughs> a heartfelt conversation about their good qualities that were not tied to sports yes or getting laid or just like your intellect or your goodness or your kindness it's about the things like he um, did for people so true yeah. like positive yeah. masculinity positive masculinity yes so rarely seen in the wild yeah i'm so glad you pointed that out because that's so true and they like hugged at the uh, end they did it was like very very heartfelt mm -hmm. So I just ignore what comes later. With exactly. I'm like, if we could just isolate this episode, yeah. like I was, I was just thinking, like I actually really liked the newbies in this episode too. Mm -hmm. Like they were fun. They were fun. It was great. I'm That's just gonna. Like, and I remember this... go, going into watching this episode, I was like, oh, it's the fucking like, calendar episode. But like, I think I liked it. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> the kind of interactions I want to see. Or, or yeah, is that. Had some whole, a lot of wholesome moments, some funny moments, um, some that were not so great. Um, but <laughs> as a whole, it could have gone deeper. But that's all Glee episodes. I could have like mm -hmm. gone a little farther, a little more nuance. But yes, which could also turn it into a shit show. So <laughs> true. maybe be careful what we wish for there. That's also true. They walk a line. Um, they walk. I do wish they, they never. They, they never did walk the line. Oh, <laughs> you're right. No Johnny Cash. Um, I do wish the music had been a little better, though. I, I can't forgive Hot and Hair Centerfold. Like, that's just a crime against humanity. It's a crime. In my opinion. Top 10 worst Glee songs is it could be on this there. This is disrespectful to Nelly. To what did Nelly. he do for that? <laughs> Nelly is often disrespected anyway in hip-hop. So, like, to do this to him. Like, remember... After Adam and the Apples. <laughs> yes! And then the, you have, like, Ride With Me in the first season, and then you mm -hmm. have this. And it's like, what the fuck? How far are you falling I know. for this? Terrible. <laughs> anyway, sorry to end on a low note. No. <laughs> it, what we're trying to do is lift Nelly up. That's right. I do love Nelly. He's great. So thank you for listening to this episode of Glee on the Rocks. We will be back with another one. Um, again, you can find us uh, almost all the places on the internet you want to support the pod we're on patreon at patreon.com slash glee on the rocks thank you for listening and that is what you missed on glee i got nothing on this one you've been listening to glee on the rocks a podcast by otr productions a huge thank you to our sound editor adriana and our podcasts who secretly run the show for more episodes download us on apple podcasts spotify google or wherever you get your podcasts Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini episodes, deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.